Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast, I wanted to talk about the exciting new world of Pandora, the land of Avatar. And uh, joining me on the podcast to talk about that, because I haven't actually been there yet. I know it's hard to believe. I try to get up there as often as I can. I couldn't get to a preview. So I'm joined by two friends of mine. They're uh, Mike and John. And they're going to tell us all about it because they were lucky enough to get a preview, and they'll tell us about that too. So, John and Mike, how are you guys doing today? Really good, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing terrific. Thanks for joining me to talk about uh, the world of world of Avatar. So, Absolutely. so tell me, how did you how did you get lucky enough to get a preview? Uh, well, Mike and I are uh, Disney Vacation Club members, so we uh, already had a trip planned to Disney. And it just coordinated with our schedules. But uh, when uh, a few weeks before we were getting ready to leave, we got an email from Disney Vacation Club saying they were starting to do DVC previews. And we just submitted that request right away and uh, got a confirmation a few hours later. It totally worked out. It was the very last day of our trip. But um, we went to uh, see the Pandora, the World of Avatar, that morning. And as soon as our preview was over, we hopped on the Magical Express and went to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite the whirlwind tour, but at least you got to see it. So something, something kind of cool. And you don't live close, so you know, getting to Disney World is, uh, is a little bit of a trek. So uh, exactly. kind of neat that you were able to see it. So, uh, so tell me, what did you think? What was your first impression? First impressions are that it's just visually stunning, absolutely amazing. We uh, loved how they mixed natural plant life and some of the recreated plant life that looks just like you've seen in the movie. Uh, so we uh, both, because we knew we were going to get a chance to see uh, Pandora, we watched the movie again to sort of refresh our memories because it had been a while since we've seen that movie. So uh, we watched it and then went to see Pandora, and then when we got home, we watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, we saw that. Oh, we saw that. We saw those plants and those types of things. So they really did a great job making things look just like some of the plant life, the flora and fauna, right from the movie. It's right there in, in real life for you. That's really cool. You know, one of the things I noticed, uh, was, you sent me some pictures, but I'd seen some online, too, that the floating, the floating rocks and the way they kind of did the fauna and flora just looks amazing. Uh, it kind of has that realism to it that, that makes it feel really cool. Yeah, it's so true to the movie. And you don't see those floating rocks or mountains right away. You have to walk in and go, kind of go down and around a, a bend a bit before you see that type of stuff. So it's like a surprise waiting for you when you get in. That's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's just a neat way to do it, that they kind of make it like a neat little surprise. So mm-hmm. Sort of that imagineering piece of it where they give you that immersive experience and let you feel it a little bit. Right, right. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So, um, so the the scenery is neat. So there are two attractions there, and you got to check them both out. We did. Uh, when so we when we walked in, 
uh, we knew uh, they had it synced up with our magic bands, which was kind of cool. So we got, uh, they knew that we were part of the preview with our magic bands. And then as we walked in, they handed us kind of the old school paper fast passes, because I don't think the fast passes at the attractions were quite ready and not for your magic band style, at least. So we had paper fast passes, and it told us our window of when we could go uh, for flight of passage. And uh, that's the ride where it simulates riding on a banshee or flying through uh, Pandora. So it was really exciting. We uh, got our fast pass for that right away as we walked into Pandora. And it was not that long, so we pretty much did a quick little walking tour and then went to the fast pass line and walked in and uh, started experiencing the queue for Flight of Passage. Now that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, thinking back to the movie, you know, the Flight of Passage, so you're riding the Banshee and you're kind of doing that experience riding along through the... Uh, through the uh, through sort of the the, air, the the fauna and the flora and among the rocky right. areas and down to the water and yes exactly so you fly through the, you know the air you start up off of a cliff and you do a deep dive down which is really exhilarating and uh, so you and you really feel like you're flying at least I did for sure and so it was kind of like a combination of Soren for people who are familiar with that experience and also being a little bit like being on a motorcycle um but it was like soaring is from the perspective of there's a big screen in front of you where you're seeing pandora um and you have 3d glasses on and you can smell smells of the flora and the fauna and the water and then even when you're in some of the water areas they spray a little bit of mist on you so you get like the mist feeling as you're flying oh, cool. uh, pile a waterfall or even there's a part where you're flying and you go under a wave curl and it sort of feels like you're surfing a bit like and you can see the curl of the wave kind of all around you really cool but you can feel the water on you and then the the motorbike type apparatus uh, is supposed to simulate the banshee and some of that you know you're strapped in around your legs and around your back so you're really securely on this apparatus but it also kind of pulses and vibrates a little bit and moves up and down and to the sides and it feels like it's breathing it feels it's so well done it was like i was don't think i've ever been on an attraction or ride before where i actually was going whoa and whoa oh wow i was totally into it and it was so so much so so much fun and really well done and a word of caution to those that might be larger I know they have to turn away yeah. a gentleman because he was fairly tall, tall and large. And a larger. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I had read something about that. There was a couple of people who who, who were making complaints about it because they, they couldn't fit on it. They couldn't get their legs over the bike or whatever or didn't fit within the apparatus. And mm-hmm. they were having, you know, they were like, wow, I really wanted to check this out. But, you know, you didn't provide for that. And it's like, huh, interesting that they didn't think it through. The well, mechanism that locks you into place, basically, I guess it has to reach a certain level before it'll trigger mm-hmm. and so some people who are larger in size won't it won't do that so oh. it's a safety thing so i think what they're going to do is i think what i read is they're going to have one of the seats essentially outside of the attraction so that people can try uh, sure they'll fit before they go and wait you know right yeah long. a really long time in a queue yeah. you get a chance to get on that beforehand and see if you fit before you wait all that time and then get turned away right right so i gotta ask the question I'm, I'm somebody who's prone to motion sickness how was it for you know in that sense did it feel i mean it really felt like you were flying do you think somebody who, who gets motion sickness would be able to fly what do you think i, I caution them <laughs> <laughs> i'm not prone to motion 
motion sickness, but sometimes I get dizzy pretty easily. So I don't, I didn't feel that at all, but I could see if you're prone to motion sickness that you might want to take caution. Yeah. Okay. You know, something to think about for, for people thinking about riding it, you know, it's a new attraction. So it's hard to know, right? Unless you've seen it. Yeah. It's amazing though. It, It looks really cool. It sounds really cool. I um I happened to see an online video. Somebody snuck a camera in apparently and took a video, and I saw it and I was like, "Whoa, that's cool!" You know, and I know what the bikes look like, so I'm like, "Because I was taking some pictures in the queue, and so they told us no photography or video <laughs> once you get into where the uh, you know the screens are and all of that." So yeah, I, I imagine I imagine they really had to sneak and you know be sneaky to to get it in there. And I'm sure it will get taken down at some point. But I was like, oh, at least I saw it. At least I know what it looks like, so I kind of know what uh, what what sense it's giving. But this, right. It's pretty cool. So how was the queue for it? Was it uh, was it really really kind of interesting? Fell along with the storyline. It was. It was really interesting. It kind of takes place after the movie. So one of the things I liked about this attraction was that it didn't try to retell the story of the movie. Uh, but actually it picked up after the movie where, uh, you know, there was already some destruction to the ecosystem and the scientists were now working with the native population to rebuild the, the ecosystem. And uh, we were going there uh, as, you know, I think just uh, for a tour, but it was, they synced us up with existing avatars they already had in their database. So they uh, simulated testing our ID when we were standing on a certain place in the queue. Okay. And it's uh, great sensitive. Oh, right. And Mike just said it was weight sensitive. So oh. they know if you're standing on the right spot or not, and it kind of links up in uh, a visual display around you, and you can see as it's matching up an avatar to go with you. It was very, very cool. That's and cool. It, there's an orientation room. Once you get past that and have your avatar assigned, you go into the orientation room, and then they're talking to you on a video screen, which looks very similar to how the scientists talking to um, the uh, to the guy in the movie books where, you know, where it's like the big screen and he's like well you're gonna experience this and, and uh, then it's gonna be like uh, I don't know you know so it was a very casual conversation like with it it's like he was talking just to you, that, you know? so that was pretty cool too that's pretty cool I mean it sounds like a really interesting ride you know kind of intricate and they really thought it through um, I, yeah I definitely did I didn't see any shortcuts and they take <laughs> up to like 16 people at a time like per room essentially okay it's like 16 or 18 per orientation room right. that could go in at a time. Okay. And because of the size of the screen, there's multiple orientation rooms going out at a time. So, like, there's three different levels ah, stacked. Okay. You're all, seeing, you're all seeing the same attraction at the same time, but uh, you don't see all those other people. Oh, <laughs> when no. you're okay. So it is kind of like Soren in that sense, where you have all the rows, and once they lift them all up, you never you just see the screen, and you're you're doing something. Right. You don't really notice anybody else. That's pretty cool. I mean, it sounds like sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, I, you know, I had my doubts when Disney said they were going to do Avatar. I was like, yeah, okay. D- if anybody could do it, Disney will do it right. But I still had my doubts about what they were going to produce, and I'm totally impressed so far. Uh, I, I really think it's neat. I was anticipating long lines for that. Yeah, I would think I, so. I anticipate long lines too. I mean, especially with anything new, there's always going to be long lines. But yeah. <laughs> Because it's new and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that kind of that kind of makes the double secret sort of long line there. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But that's not the only attraction that's there. There's also the Navi River Journey. Um, yes. So how was that? That was really great. Really cool. I love that. I mean, essentially, it's your basic dark ride with a 
river in it, you know, like Pirates of the Caribbean or uh, it's a small world. It's the same concept where you're in a boat and going through an experience. But once you get in, it's just amazing. Everything's bioluminescent and glowing. And uh, there's some uh, video uh, type experiences where you can see creatures running by you. And it just feels like you're actually floating down the river and seeing all the plant life glow and uh, all the other creatures glowing. Which I've actually ever seen. Mm-hmm. The yeah, sure, animatronics are amazing. They're so smooth. Yes. The animatronic uh, yeah. avatar uh, person who's singing and chanting. It's kind of singing slash chanting yeah. to you, but uh, she moves with her arms and uh, their facial features and they're so, they've got it down. Oh, yeah. it's, it's not the animatronics of uh, pirates, you know, you know <laughs> it's a lot of advancement in those days. <laughs> none, of, none of that, uh, you know, Mr. Roboto stuff where the arms are just moving a little bit, right? <laughs> no, that's cool. I, I had seen the um, seen the video they made of the, sh- uh, I guess, the shaman or whatever. Um, yes, and I And I was... I was watching the video of that and I was just, I'm sitting there just looking at it like, wait, isn't that a person? You know, just for that moment, I, it, it throws you because right. it's so, it's so lifelike in a way. Exactly. Um, that's incredible. I mean, and that's a, that's a neat idea too, to put sort of a, a dark ride that's a little bit easier for people to take. So for people who can't maybe take the, uh, the, the, uh, the Flight of the Banshee, at least you have something else you can enjoy and, and take in. Um, exactly. And I, the other thing I liked about it is because we were visiting during the day, and I'm sure the rest of the park will have lots of bioluminescent features at nighttime, but yeah. because we didn't get to experience that, and we were only there for a couple hours during the day, we still got to have that bioluminescent experience while it was on the dark ride. Yeah, and so, just for, for people who are listening, the, uh, the plan is to keep the park open later. For resort guests, they open at 8 a.m., I believe. Um, and then they close at, I want to say it's 11 or 11.30. It's much later than usual because the, the Animal oh. Kingdom typically closes at 7. So I'm like, so you'll really get to experience it and take something in, which is really pretty cool, I think, uh, to be able to, to take that in. Mm-hmm. And we saw the, I know it's not part of Pandora, but we did see the Rivers of Light experience too, which was exciting. So I can uh, <laughs> see a lot of people staying for that show and then going over to Pandora after. For sure. Time. Yeah, I mean, the Rivers of Light, I mean, you know, they had so many stops and starts with that one. It's good to see that they finally got it up and running um, and have it have it successful now because there was a couple of problems they had along the way. So good to hear that it's running and everything's working. Um, That's pretty cool. It's a neat Mm -hmm. idea for a ride because an attraction, I guess a show. I'm not even calling it the right thing. Um, It's a good idea for a show because they've, you know, they're taking all these lights and it's sort of the same thematic idea of what they're doing with Avatar where they're doing all these light enabled things and water water features and so forth that makes it kind of fun right and i figured they probably can't have uh, fireworks and things you know that would scare the animals so yeah you can't have that can't scare the animals <laughs> <laughs> it made sense it was enjoyable but nothing too <laughs> and that and i think that solves the problem you know that for a long time people thought of it as sort of a half-day park you know hey the kilimanjaro safaris and expedition everest but now <laughs> there's so much more to do there that i can imagine people would want to stay for the whole day and uh mm-hmm. you know uh, come around at yeah. night and see it. The viewing area when we were there for Rivers of Light was entirely full. So wow, that's great. That's great. You know, I think that's really neat that they that they've done that. And now, you know, next next things next is they open Toy Story Land and Star Wars Land and everything else. Then Hollywood Studios will also move that way and become something yeah. bigger. You know, just uh, yeah. have more people going into it. So. 
pretty cool. I mean, Pandora sounds like it's, it's a lot of fun. I definitely have to check it out when I go. I'm going to try and go in a couple of weeks um, and see how, it, see how it works out, see if I can actually take it all in. Um, but you also had a great experience while you were there. You didn't, you didn't only stay in, uh, in the Animal Kingdom. You also went over to the Magic Kingdom, and you got to see the End of Wishes, uh, which was... We did, yeah. That's pretty cool. How, did, were you emotional? Did you, did you get into it? I know some people were like, wow, I can't believe it's leaving. It's been here for 17 years now, and it's, they're finally taking it away. <laughs> didn't get as emotional as some of the people that are fortunate to see wishes a lot. I have seen wishes before, but uh, living in Arizona, I don't get out to see it that much. But uh, it was really cool to see. And what we did um, was we were staying at uh, Bailey Tower at the Contemporary. And we had a theme park view. So we got to see wishes a a lot. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we saw it in the park. And then uh, the second to the last night, we did the Wishes um, Fireworks Dessert Party. Oh, how fun. And so we had viewing from Tomorrowland Terrace, and we had an absolutely marvelous spot there where we could sit and enjoy and watch the fireworks after a long day. And so that was marvelous. And the pa- the park was packed. I know it wasn't the last day, but the park was packed for fireworks. And then the very last day, we watched it from the balcony at uh, the Bailey Tower and the uh, Avoided the crowds, but still had the experience. That's really cool. Good, good way to see it. I love, I love being up there in the Contemporary and watching the, uh, watching the fireworks either at the Bay Lake Tower or actually in the Contemporary itself. It's just kind of, it's kind of special. It is. It is really great. That's cool. And there were a ton of people we could see. Um, you know, the walkway connecting the two yep. uh, resorts, resort buildings. There were a lot of people there hanging out watching it. I'm sure the, uh, uh, the viewing a balcony up at the top of the building was, I'm sure, full too. Oh, I'm sure. I have no doubt about that. That's, that's crazy. And i got to ask you, you, you said you went to the dessert party. How was that? I've never been to one. Um, <laughs> just curious how it was. I really liked it. I mean, obviously, you can help yourself to a buffet of sweets. So <laughs> there's uh, lots of, a little bit of something for everybody, from sure. cupcakes to Rice Krispie treats to chocolate-covered strawberries to little... Fruit, cheese. Uh, yes, fruit and cheese, um, all kinds of things. Ice cream. Oh, yeah, ice cream. Nice. <laughs> nice. And they had um, uh, sparkling cider and okay. all sorts of tea coffee and coffee and uh, lemonade, those types of things to drink. Nice. So no- nothing alcoholic for that uh, particular dessert party, but it was uh, really great, you know, we got a nice plate of dessert and went back to our table and there were other people I could see going back four seconds but I just couldn't <laughs> <laughs> I had too much as it was <laughs> yeah so Mike's saying if you're doing the dessert party go early because people start lining up before they let you in so the dessert party started yeah, for us it. it started at 8 and the fireworks started at 9 so there were people lining up at 7 7.15 so that when the dessert party opened at 8 they could go right in and get a good table ah that's a good tip I hadn't thought about that that's, that's, that's yeah. very clever yeah we got probably pretty much eating. yeah we had really because we were tired so we weren't walking around <laughs> doing stuff anyway so we just kind of hung out we didn't really need to wait in line but we just did because we were tired from walking around so sure sure it was hot it was really really hot but. yeah that's that's the one thing about the time of year you went in early may you know not not unlike arizona um in, in the sense of being hot but <laughs> no that's cool they're there than arizona though 
Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> um, so you also stayed around and you got to see the new fireworks show, or I guess it's not really even a fireworks show anymore. It's more an extravaganza, if you will. Um, it's a <laughs> from projections to lasers to. Uh, the music, it's really an all-encompassing experience, and we did stay for that. Uh, so that was um, our second to the last day of our trip, so okay. we uh, saw that show and then went to Pandora the next morning. But, uh, yeah, we knew, we had a feeling that that would be a busy oh, time yeah. and that a lot of people would be lined up early, so we lined up about two and a half hours before. Wow, okay. Uh, before that show and we were right near the partner statue uh, nice we right in the hub there we, yeah we had an excellent excellent viewing spot and we just again it was we were it was hot we were tired so we just kind of <laughs> found a spot and you know and just sat there and watched the crowd grow uh, with us and it was a huge huge crowd that's really cool, though. I mean, it's it's a neat it's a neat experience, especially when there's a show like that. Because the projections they're doing are just incredible. I watched the first night of it online; they were streaming it, and yes, uh, no. I didn't see you, but I watched it online. <laughs> <laughs> you probably did see me; you just didn't know you saw me. Yeah, probably. You know, I was looking for the back of your head, and you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had other friends that were watching uh, streaming as well. Uh-huh. And, uh It was amazing. And it was. it was really. I'm glad that we stayed and had the spot where we where we had it because uh, we could see everything really well. And then there was just an an air of energy in the air with all those people that were excited to see this new show and this new experience. And people were really respectful. You know, I would say yeah, there were, especially with a crowd that size, you know, mm-hmm. there's always people holding up their cell phones to take pictures and video. And people, they were still doing that, but they weren't going, you know, high up over their heads. Right, you like, uh, oh, I'll take the video from up here. <laughs> all were waiting two and a half, three hours, and the last thing you want to do is watch someone's cell phone. Right. So, <laughs> hey, I get to see it through the cell phone. All right. <laughs> exactly. So people were fairly respectful of that and everyone was really excited and then people stayed afterwards because there was um, the Once Upon a Time show that was a good 45 uh, ah. minutes later okay. so a lot of people stayed and we were just That's amazing. talking with people that stayed and you know we yeah. met a lot of interesting people that were there and they were like looking, we were looking at pictures that we all took you know <laughs> right yeah. right did an airdrop with uh, a video for some uh, for a woman whose name I don't remember, but she was very nice and she said she liked my video. So I awesome, it. awesome. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> good man, good man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, it, what a neat experience. So, how was the how was the show afterward? Did you stay around and saw it? Yeah, the second one. It's it's neat because it's what we felt like with uh, with happily ever after is that it had uh, a lot of the newer. Uh, theme stories like uh, there was a good segment with Moana and a good segment with um, uh, Frozen. There, there was a little segment with Frozen, and then uh, there was some Tangled, and so, you know all of the, right. the stuff kids uh, in the younger generations really get excited about. But then the Happily Ever After had some of the more classic uh, yeah. storylines in it as well. So cool. I was like, oh, well, that's where Cinderella went. <laughs> <laughs> Too, you know, I do, but uh, so it was great to see some of the classic stories still. Have to start. 
That's neat that they still have a place, and they still Disney still finds a way to kind of include them and put them in there. Um, make them relevant. Yeah, so. exactly. Make you know, make it new, new and relevant in that sense. You know, the, the one thing that that surprises me is you know Disney is always coming up with new ways to kind of uh, refresh sort of their content. For a while there, they were kind of stagnant. It was like, okay, we have this these um, these properties, and we're just going to keep showing them in the same way, and we're retelling the story effectively or telling a piece of the story. And now they're starting to think a little bit outside the box and take the story a little bit further and redirect it just a little bit to make it interesting and compelling. I uh, really enjoy that. Um, yeah. okay. And then the, uh, um, the other thing is I, I like, I, I find it interesting that Disney world is in the magic kingdom is not currently ha- does not currently have a parade. And so these two shows, the new, the new um, castle show and the fireworks show and everything, they kind of replace it to a degree they may still come back with a with a parade later, but to a degree, it's sort of this whole entertainment thing that they have going on now. That's very different. It's a different way of looking at things, rather than just a parade going up Main Street. And uh, like for a nighttime parade. Yeah. Yeah, because we did see in the afternoon the Festival of Fantasy parade. Right, right. That's still going on. That the that's, steampunk one. That's it's kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> yes, yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there isn't a nighttime parade, and uh, you know. Living in Arizona, we get to Disneyland a little bit more frequently than sure. Disney World, and so in Disneyland, uh, they still are doing uh, the uh, Main Street Electrical Parade. I think they're doing it through August, um, but uh, we've seen that a couple of times, which was really great because <laughs> we didn't get it for a long time, right? Yep, yep. Uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. So it's been nice to see the Electrical Parade in Disneyland. And then for the 60th anniversary in Disneyland, they did a paint a parade called Paint the Night, mm-hmm. which is amazing, so amazing, uh, so fantastic. So I have a real strong feeling that that might make an appearance at Disney World if it hasn't already. It hasn't um, yet, no. So that I can yeah. imagine that they're not going to do anything with that parade because it was so super fantastic. So no, very cool. Yeah, because that was that was always my thing. You know, I, I grew up. Uh, the Main Street Electrical Parade was going up Main Street when I was a kid in in Florida, and then they switched over to Spectra Magic, which I loved in some ways more. And you know, I was working at the parks when that was going on, so I saw it every night and I loved it. And then they went back to the Main Street Electrical Parade, and I felt a little um, disappointed. Uh, I still liked it, but it just after having seen Spectra Magic, which was just so, so much more energy and so many more things happening, Main Street Electrical Parade was it was a nice nostalgia piece, but didn't really have that same oomph to it. It's the nostalgic uh, feeling of it that makes it so wonderful. Mm-hmm. But something like um, Paint the Night, which I haven't seen the other one that you were talking about, but Paint the Night was like Disney Electrical Parade, uh, but you know, on steroids, the, yeah. On steroids, right? It was just so so great. So I'm. It'd be really be excited to see if that comes to Disney World. I bet it will. I it's just a guess, just a hunch. And I, I read something just today. They were talking about you know there's there's a rumor floating around that they're packaging it up to move it to somewhere, but no one knows to where. So hopefully it does come to Disney World. I'd love to see it. Um, I've heard good things about it. I've seen the video of it, but it's like it's still you, you see the video and you go okay that's nice, but when you see it in person, it's so much more. It is. Uh, it is. Because that was the way it's been with most of the parades. It's like yeah they look nice, but wow when you're there that's something else. Mm-hmm. Very cool. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a great trip. I mean, a really good time coming and you know visiting Disney World and coming east for a change. Uh, yes, it was such a great experience, and uh, can't wait to come back again. Ah, very cool. Avatar was really good too. Oh yeah, Mike just brought up the, the food in. Ah, yes, I meant to ask about that. So we did. Uh, we had a 
a, take a coupon for something at the canteen. So we uh, went in just to uh, to check it out, and first it was like just looking at the the dining area and the decor. It was it really was in theme with, of course, the whole world. And then when you get into the queue and you start to look at the menu, it's like, well, they have a really different menu from all the other dining experiences mm-hmm. at um, at the, the other Disney parks. So it kind of felt like, um, and bear with me a bit, it kind of felt a little bit like Chipotle from an ordering perspective <laughs> because it was, you know, you could order a bowl and you could just pick what type of protein you wanted okay. to go in the bowl and there would be some rice and vegetables and that type of, and your sauce with it. And that's sort of the ordering concept. So Ooh, it okay. really made sense from that. It wasn't really nothing like Chipotle, just the ordering Just concept. the style, sure. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah the style. And then, uh, but then they also had uh, cheeseburger pods, which looked like dumplings, but they were two sort of mini cheeseburgery type meals. So you could still have a cheeseburger if you didn't want the other. <laughs> How cool! What a clever idea! Very creative to put it in a canteen yeah. like that. <laughs> yes, yeah, really cool. It's <laughs> cool. And we had a dessert uh, as well. And I, I so, find that hard to believe that you had dessert. I you don't like dessert. What do you? <laughs> uh, well, I always had dessert, but. <laughs> Actually, I know this will shock you. I wanted to eat that before the cheeseburger pot, but we did wait. That does not surprise me at all, and that's okay. I I don't pass judgment on that. (laughs) So uh, we had a dessert, and it was a blueberry uh, cheesecake-type dessert. Okay. It was round, and it it looked like a uh, dome-type-looking dessert, and then it had a little bit of a mango something on top of it. It It was very... It was very good. Oh, sounds good. Hey, I'm I'm intrigued by you know some of the some of the food offerings that they're they're starting to change now too, and more of the more of the places around Disney World are starting to have more variety in their food because that was always one of the complaints is that you know you could always get a hamburger somewhere that's great or chicken nuggets, and that's right. that, you know that's fine. But chicken nuggets in Pandora. <laughs> <laughs> so, Not yet, at least. I don't know if they'll bring. Yeah, who knows? I mean, because you, know, you can probably you can still go a couple of other places in the Animal Kingdom to get them if you want them. So, right. um, so that's fine. But I, I think it's neat that they're trying some different things and different concepts and making it more interesting. Because um, that's that's always the concern. It's just kind of like, eh, food's just okay. And it makes sense with where you were. Like, you know, why if you're in this world, why would you have like the food from from Earth? Why would you have Earth food? Yeah, in a different world. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're somewhere else. You've been transported. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad that that you know that you got to see it, and I'm. I'm glad to hear all about it because it's. It's one of those things that you know I kept hearing about and hearing about, and they kept kind of pushing off the opening date, and you, you, I was never really sure when it was going to open. You know, and it's been. I think the movie. The movie came out in 2014, 13. Oh, earlier than that. That's right. That's right. Because. Because that's what it was. The second movie was supposed to come out in 2014, and then it didn't, and they pushed it now to 2020. And you go, so we're kind of in the middle here. <laughs> it's been you know, over seven years since the first movie and six years before the next movie or something, whatever it is. And you go, uh, so when is this going to happen? So it's good to see that they're keeping the franchise there and you know, keeping it alive and making it interesting, breathing some life into yeah, it for the short term. They'll make some part of the script based off of things that are happening in the park. Yeah. You never know. You never know. That's true. It could be. Some of the, some interesting and intriguing things they might do. That's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you guys had a good time. I really am. I, it just sounds like so much fun. I can't wait to get there myself. Um, now, now I have to actually get there. So I've got to find a way. 
<laughs> by the way, and then I can't wait to hear what your experiences are after you've been, because we really did enjoy it. It was so much fun, and it was something, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of expectations for it, you know, except the, the fact that it was new, and I was excited to have this new experience, sure. but, I, like, I had to refresh my memory about what the movie was like, and and I had to watch the movie again after having been in the park. So it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. And of course, the whole trip was awesome. That's very cool. Well, I'm glad you shared this experience with me. I, thanks for thanks for sharing it with the, the podcast listening audience, too. I'm sure they'll enjoy hearing about it. And, uh, I hope they do. And I hope they go and have cool experiences also. I, I hope so, too. You know, because it sounds like it's such, just such a neat place. I mean, you know, it's one of those exciting things. Disney's really, you know, moved something. This is the first time they've made something that's not a Disney-owned property that they're yeah. building onto, because um, even like the, when they did the um, the Tower of Terror, they actually bought the rights or leased the rights to the um, to the Twilight Zone to be able to create that. So that's the only time they ever stepped really outside their comfort zone and did something that wasn't theirs. So here it's kind of neat to actually see them doing something that's not at all theirs uh, right. and, and building on it. Oh, cool! Yeah, it's really cool. So I'm, I'm excited. It's very cool. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for coming on and uh, to my podcast listeners. If you have any questions, send them my way. I'm sure John and Mike wouldn't mind answering a question or two if, they, if you get a couple. So, uh, yeah. yeah, very cool. So thanks. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then... Gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 